Hello and welcome to the Grassroots Coachcast, episode 26. I'm one of your hosts, Dave. And I'm Ben. I'm the sober one tonight. Today we're going to be talking about just random stuff. The main concept of this podcast is to discuss coaching youth football or soccer at the grassroots level. Ben and I both coach under-11s teams. Ben coaches the boys and I coach the girls. Each week we'll look to discuss a different topic and talk about our experiences, both good and bad, and any advice we may have. Ultimately, we're looking to get this content out there and hopefully help other coaches who are coaching at the grassroots level. And what we also enjoy is please head over to Apple Podcasts or your podcast catcher of choice and give us a five-star review. These reviews really help us to grow the show, grow our listener base, and help other coaches that are looking for this content. Now, Ben, we've actually got another iTunes review, or a go Lazo, if I may. Get in there. So... Again, just borrowing a, an idea from one of the other podcasts, we'll, uh, we, we're obviously reading these iTunes reviews, and we've got no idea what you sound like. So what we've decided to do on the other podcast, and I think we should adopt it here, Ben, you're going to have to do the next one. We will guess at what the accent is of this reviewer. So I'm going to go... <laughs> It's completely lucky dip. I got more chance of winning the lottery, quite frankly. Now let me think. I'm gonna go. Let's go close to home. Actually, first off, we're gonna go. Interesting content. <laughs> this podcast is great. I'm in my second year of coaching. And I'm pleased to find something that shares personal experiences from around the world of grassroots football. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Ben, it's over to you for the next one. So uh, I'll get thinking. I probably can't top that, but we'll see. Well, to be fair, get yourself over to the Comics in Motion podcast and you'll hear an array of terrible accents. So um, so anyway, so Ben, how's it been going? Yeah, not bad. Not as, not as good as you, obviously. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm very well, thanks. Uh, we didn't have a game at the weekend. I was pretty gutted about that. It got rained off. So, you know um, what? So if I can just cut across you there. So when we first got into this game, and I'm thinking, oh, the facilities are great. You know, compared to what mm. what I had when I was a kid, this is fantastic. What are people moaning about, about grassroots football? But by God, how many weekends, how many games are called off? Not because of frozen pitches, not because of hailstorms or freak weather, but just heavy rain. That were that that's the third that's our third cancellation this year and that they've all been for heavy rain all of them. Uh, one of them we rearranged, but yeah, we've lost we've actually lost two games because we couldn't arrange them. We haven't been able to rearrange them, so that's two lost out of. No, ten. We've played seven games. So yeah, we've lost 
Yeah, two two games out of nine weeks we've lost. Two week, two weekends we've not played. Yeah, and you know it's not even properly winter yet. So God knows what it's going to be. I mean, last year was horrendous, wasn't it? Because we lost. I think we had five weekends out of like seven we didn't play around yeah. Jan Jan time. So yeah, it's pretty. It's not great. Um, I think the frustrating thing for me was that three miles away, Evie had a game. Uh, at a cricket club, both both the venues are cricket clubs, and arguably our pitch is much better than the one she played on. And we I sort of rolled up there to watch her play, and, and it was like a carpet. There was no water on it, nothing. And I just thought our our pitch plays pretty well in the rain. So I, I don't know if it was the cricket club owners who got down there and said, "Oh, we don't want people playing on this." So I was really I was a bit gutted. Um, because I think they probably could have played based on what I've seen and previous games have been played in very heavy rain on there and it seems to wear really well. So, yeah, it's a shame. But um, I got to watch some girls' football, which was good. Well, that's good. I mean, just let, let's come back to how that went in, in a second. But I definitely think, you know, let's face it, right, the facilities are better, hands down, than when we were kids. But the tolerance for what the pitch has to be to play on it mm. has changed as well. And I just That's think fair. the balance is not right at the minute. So we're just too quick to call off the games. And and obviously, yeah. you know, people are trying to preserve the pitch, I think, a lot of the time. And that's okay. I can kind of get that. But actually now I'm I'm going to just put it out there. We need more 3G and 4G pitches at the mm. grassroots level. That is yeah. the problem. So if, if the, I can get the safety aspect, I can get that you don't want to play on mud baths. Quite honestly, as a kid, I loved it. I love playing on mud baths. I love slide tackles, you know, that take you like 20 yards across the pitch. But okay, it's a different time now. So I can get all of that. So if you're going to embrace all of that, we need more all-weather pitches. Yep, agreed. I mean, I, no argument for me. Obviously, my club's got a three G pitch, so and um, we train on it every week. We don't play on it every week, but we train on it every week, and it's fantastic. It's amazing. Um, you don't even, I don't even think of it as being a three G pitch when we're on it because it just feels. It's not like the you know the nineteen eighties old and athletic QPR pitches that were rock hard, full of sand. It's proper. You know, it's like artificial grass, and it's. It's brilliant to play on. You know, it's lovely, lovely surface. There's no, I've never seen an injury on it for anybody at our level. I'm not saying there won't be injuries, but there's nothing proven, I don't think, that says they're any more dangerous than a grass pitch. So, yeah, I totally agree. And I think you'd, you, obviously, if, if our game had been on our 3G at the weekend, we'd have played. But because it wasn't, we didn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the problem. Um, but you're right. I think at our level, you do need to invest in those pitches because then the the kids are going to be playing every week. Yeah, and I, my mind goes back to you remember when we, when we spoke to Dean Dean Martin yeah. um, came on about was it episode seven or something like that, and he was well into his um, futsal. Yeah, kind of interested and like why why would you do that it's just like five aside and and Mm. more and more i'm thinking well yeah that's great i mean (laughs) if you're indoors you're not going to get rained off are you so again i'm more into into the mindset that 
you know, we need more futsal, we need more all-weather pitches. We need to make sure the kids are given the opportunity to play when they want to play. Yeah, and my... I obviously don't want to go on too much about this, but obviously it's it's more important that Mr. Scudamore gets his quarter of a million from every Premier League club first, obviously. Why yeah. would you, why yeah, you want to invest? Yeah, why would you want to invest that in grassroots when you've got a multi-millionaire who needs it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, my frustration with our league is that we have quite a few, when it's half term, for example, rather than one weekend not having a game, they do two, both weekends they don't arrange a game, our league, which I, I don't really understand. So when we lose games, rather than think, oh, I'll tell you what, one of those weeks we'll fill that with an abandoned game, we'll shuffle all the games. They don't do that. They just leave these two weeks free. Obviously, you can arrange your own friendlies, but you kind of think, why are we having two weeks off when we've already lost X amount of games? And it's kind of like, they'd be better off extending the season. I mean, I don't know when your season finishes. Ours finishes in late March, maybe early, first weekend of it in April, I think, pretty much. And they could extend that to the end of April, say, another three weeks. And you're more liable to get games then when you've got better weather than in January when they're putting these games on in Jan and they just get called off. So that's quite frustrating for me. But, you know, what can you do? It's not, yeah. it's not, my, it's not my decision. But, yeah, it is frustrating when you're losing, especially when you're paying a lot of money to be part of a club and you, you're losing two months' worth of games because of bad weather. Well, I'm just, I'm I'm a bit concerned because obviously we're in mid-November now. We were losing games last year into March, weren't we? So yep. let, let's see how we go. But um, yeah, a little bit concerned, I think, mm. for this. You know, how many games we're actually going to play. But um, so anyway, t- tell me about your, your experience of watching the girls football. It, it was good. I mean, I've, I don't get to watch many games because they were normally playing at the same time. But um, it was a good game. Evie's team won 5-3. They were 5-1 up. And then they made a bit of a comeback. Um, I guess the, the noticeable thing for me comparing is just the, the pace is slower. Um, it's, it's not as frantic. It's a bit more measured. You tend to see sometimes a bit better football because it's a little bit calmer. Um but the, but also, our, Evie's team are very quiet. They didn't really talk to each other or call for the ball, which obviously mm-hmm. I can I can relate to because we have that problem in our team. Um, and that was quite interesting to me. Um, but yeah, there was there's a couple of girls in her team who I'd say completely hog the ball and don't really pass it, which is obviously frustrating. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a good game. It was a good game to watch, and there was some really good football played. Um, I just saw plenty of things that I recognise in my own team. Um, and her coach is getting a probably... I've probably watched her team play, I don't know, nine or ten times. It's probably the most irate I've seen her coach. Um, and I think he's he's sort of banging his head against the brick wall with the communication thing and other things. So um, it was interesting. You know, I could sympathise and I thought, that's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, well, the the things that are the same is because it's kids. Yeah, and it's, a, yeah. <laughs> it's nothing to do with gender. So no, you know, not. they're just they're just kids, aren't they? They they're, they're yeah. learning the game, and they don't have you know our perspective of watching football and playing football for forty years or something. So 
you know, I, I think there'd be a lot of the things yeah, that are the same. I think they concentrate so much on their own game and what they're doing and their positioning. It's almost like too much for them to compute. So they don't... I'm Not that you should think to shout for the ball, because it should be natural, because you want the ball, you call for it. You see a teammate getting marked, you shout. But it's just its so interesting to me, especially in my team, that there's three or four who it just comes so naturally. They're talkers. Mm-hmm. The other two-thirds just won't say boo to a goose. And it's trying to extract that out of them. So, um, you know, it's probably it's the same in your team, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, my 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 team are talkers, just not on the pitch. They just talk about what's going on. <laughs> right up until the point, you know, when we're doing the team talk, yeah. you know, it, it, they talk a lot. Um, get on the pitch, silence. It's, so. it's crazy, isn't it? I know exactly the same. It's like, they don't shut up in training, don't listen, just faff about, talk. Uh, we do like the netball, handball game. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't shut up, brilliant. Space, talking, shouting each other. Put put that into a match, football match, shut up. I'm like, it's no difference. <laughs> what, why are you not doing it when we're kicking a ball? But when we throw one, you're as loud as anything. It's absolutely bizarre. Yeah, really yeah. Is strange, but <laughs> it is, isn't it? But actually, they, just before we get on to our main topic, and we we will get there in a second. But you you were saying you're you were getting more into the challenges. So I mean, something like that is is really easy one. You know, shout on the pitch. You know what? Yeah. So I can hear you. So so how have you been getting on with the challenges? Yeah, we gave that challenge to one player in our last game. Um. I've I've got to admit, I was saying to Stu, I said, I, I didn't really notice him being loud. And Stu said, oh, no, I did hear him a couple of times. I think I got so caught up in the game like I normally do, I didn't probably hear. Um, but he said he did hear him. But he said he's still quiet, but he heard him more than he did normally. So it's good. Mm-hmm. I just think it's, we've got to keep on at him to keep doing it because yeah. um, he, he doesn't find it. Now, he's not a naturally loud, he's a lovely kid, but he's not a natural loud you can hear when we're training and stuff, he calls the ball, but it's really sort of timid. Mm-hmm. It's like, just bellow. I said, well, I said, once you do it once, you won't stop. Because I used to be like that when I was a kid. I, didn't, I, wouldn't, I used to sort of hate playing. It was bizarre. I used to sort of turn up and hope I was on the bench. And then it was just, <laughs> I did, honestly. I don't, I don't know why that was, because I loved the game. But I was such a nervous wreck on the pitch. And then all, it just sort of clicked. It got to about 14. And then I was just like, Mr... Couldn't stop shouting, you know, got really into it. And I think it's almost like the same with him. He just, he's got all the ability, but it's just that, you know, that social side that needs. You know, you know what, Ben? It reminds me of the Chinese bamboo tree. Yes. You were the Chinese bamboo tree at that point. Oh, so you went a long time not shouting on the pitch or whatever. And then eventually, it all just, when you were 14, it all just clicked in and. You'd taken on board all that advice you'd had, or just innately kind of decided that's what you were going to do. Yeah. But sometimes you you just just can't you can't expect to give someone a challenge one week and then they're great at it the next week. No, of course not. Um, and the other two we did in the last game was one of them was to get rid of the ball quicker because he plays in defence. Just don't mm-hmm. overdo the dribbling. And the other one, one of our midfielders was to just be snappier, get into the ball, be more alert because yep. at times he's sort of 
half asleep, sort of ambles towards the ball. It's like, no, no, you've got to be quick, you've got to be sharp. And to be fair, they all, I did notice all of them, probably the other, probably the communication one a bit less, but the other two were massively improved. So whether that's, I mean, the whole team had a brilliant game. So whether it was just the whole team elevated or those two particularly took on board what we'd said, I don't know. But, but yeah, they did well. So the challenges we set for last week before the game got cancelled was the uh, the player I've got a real problem with is over dribbling, which is obviously got co- is getting comments from his teammates about it. Um, so his challenge was going to be to try and get rid of the ball within three touches if he can. Mm-hmm. If he's got somebody in a better position, maybe take two or three touches, then ping it off. Obviously, if he hasn't got anybody on, no problem with having a dribble. Um, but really think about that. Um, and the other two were, again, sort of, I hate to use the word lazy, but they're they're quite lazy on the pitch and they just don't work hard enough. The game just sort of passes them by and they just sort of stand there. They lose the ball and they'll sort of stand. I mean, at one point last week, in this last game we played, one of them was playing centre midfield and he was, I think there was a counter-attack on and he was he was walking, like literally walking as these guys are counter-attacking. I was like, what? What, what are you doing <laughs> You're walking on the pitch. You can't walk around when you're playing in that position. When you're, you've got like a, a breakaway coming on. So, so those two are. It's just frustrating. When you see most of the team work really hard and they run their socks off, and then you've got two who, they give up a little bit. Two, it's oh, I've lost the ball. I'm not going to try and win that back. And it's quite frustrating. Um, so that's their chance. So do we're going to keep Eden, those chances for this. Do you reckon week? Eden Hazard, when he was a kid, was tracking back and working hard and tackling back? Don't know. I know what I know what you're trying to say. No, um, a genuine question. I because there's well, lots if he wasn't, of different. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that would have been pointed out to him as something that he would need to improve. But yeah, obviously players are going to be. You're going to have different work rate of players. Of course you are. But I think you've got to at least put a bit of effort in and not walk around because because your teammates will see it. They'll see. Well, why is he not? Why is he not running? Why is he walking around? He's lost the ball. Where's my cover? Because he, he can't be bothered to get back. He's just interested in going forward. So um, it's it's very noticeable. It's not like occasionally they might stop running. It's quite a lot. Mm-hmm. They're not adding anything to the team out of possession when they're doing that. So, yeah, we'll see. Those challenges are going to be happening this week for those three players because we didn't do it last week because we had no game. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. And, and the one who's over dribbling is also going to be put in defence for a little bit for the game as part of the game because I want to see if that sort of focuses his mind thinking, well, I can't over dribble when I'm in my own penalty area. You know what I mean? Just yeah, yeah. I don't think he's going to like it, but I'm, I will put, I'm going to have a chat with him and say, look, I'm doing this because I want to see if it affects how you play on the pitch because you can't afford to dribble and lose the ball in this this area. You kind of get away with it when you're in the final third but it costs us in terms of creating a, ch- a goal-scoring chance. So we're going to try that because this has been an ongoing issue since we started the team sort of 18 months ago and there's no real improvement that I can see. So it's kind of like a bit more of an extreme measure to see if that helps as part of the challenge. So we'll see We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm going to play devil's advocate at the minute. So That's, that's what you re- should be doing. Do you reckon, uh, do you reckon Messi... 
was getting told, stop dribbling. Do you reckon Mbappe was getting told, you're dribbling around everyone, stop dribbling, just pass it to someone else? <laughs> that's, that's interesting you say that, because we had a player in the summer on who came for a trial. He's a teammate, of, well, he's a friend of one of our players. And I, I actually knew him from a couple of years ago when a larger player with him. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise it was the same kid. And he turned up. And I was like, oh, you know, it's this, this guy. And I've got to say, f- for that age, I've not, I've probably not seen a better player in terms of the feet. are just like mm-hmm. the quickest feet I've ever seen. And I'm not joking. He, he would get the ball and he'd dribble around eight players and score. Yeah. It's one of those, you know, like you get in a school playground, you get one kid who's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. And he was like that. And I, I wanted to sign him. He actually went to one of our rivals in the end, but I thought he's too good not to have in the team. But also, I recognised if he's doing that every week, everybody else is going to get the ump with it because he because he wouldn't cause, and he and he'd be all over the pitch. Well, he wouldn't if he was played up front. He would be next thing I know he'd be back in defence, which is great and he's got a good work ethic. But that whole dribbling thing and not passing to anybody would have driven everybody mad. I'm sure, and it's. Whether, yeah, whether that, yeah. whether that, I think there's a balance. Um, but I know what you're saying. If you're that good, and you can get away with it. I mean, he's the sort of kid who won games on his own because he's that good. You just can't get the ball off. I, I don't think I'm saying if you're that good, you're going to get away with it. I think what I'm saying is, if someone has got a talent for something, yeah, you got. We shouldn't be, yeah, yeah, not knocking it out of them. Yeah, it's, it is. A, it is a. You're right, it's a real thin line. And when we did one of them a level one, they said that. So I felt I've said it before, the Pete, our coach, he said he said, You don't want a team of James Milner's. No offense to James Milner, who's a great player, but he said, if you're just encouraging passing all the time and not any individual flair, you're gonna have a team of James Milner's and you don't want that. Because everybody says about England players, oh, we haven't got where's the flair, where's the people who can pick a pass and you know, where's the new Gascoigne and all this. And he said, you've got to be careful not to knock that out of your players. And I'm very conscious of doing that. And I want them to express themselves. But I think with this individual, it's literally as soon as he gets the ball, it's head down and he just wants to run at people. But he's not, he's not, he's a good player, but he's not one of those, like a, this kid I've just talked about who can do it naturally. And he's wonderful and you can't get the ball off him. He, he loses the ball a lot and he wastes openings a lot because he's too, mm-hmm. he gets too carried away with it. And he's not good enough to do that all the time. Yeah. That's the yeah. sort of difference. So you're right. I understand what you're saying. And I think that is difficult that you want them to, you know, express themselves and do it. But I just think there's a time and a place when if you've got three men in the box unmarked, it's madness to try and dribble around another player, you know, when they're calling for the ball. And I just think I'm just conscious of, I've had players, parents saying to me, no, he's not passing the ball because their kids are complaining about it, and that's when it becomes an issue, because it's affecting his teammates. So so it's actually, maybe let's pick this up in a, in a future podcast, but it's poor decision-making where yeah. he's, he's suffering from, isn't it? It's not, it's not over-dribbling as such. It's just making the wrong decision. So how do we make sure, you know, without people bellowing from the sidelines, without the coaches, without the parents, how do we make sure that we're training these young players to make good decisions? Yeah. 
So yeah. interesting, interesting. Yeah, and I think oh, keep going on about it. It's turned into a whole show on its own, isn't it? But I've heard, I've heard in recent weeks some of the parents getting on his case a little bit about it which obviously I don't want I don't want I don't want other players parents having a go at him for not passing because I think that's wrong and it's kind of they should keep out of that that's my issue to deal with not them but that makes me uncomfortable when I hear parents shouting you know I think one of them was shouting the other week it's a team game you're not passing you're being too selfish and all this and I thought I don't want to hear that I don't want him to hear that so it's trying to educate him that you're right it is decision making and that's what I kind of do say to him I say you know it's you've got to think about when's the time to dribble because there is a time and when's the time to maybe lay a pass off go looking for a return ball or whatever get in a goal scoring position yourself you know it's kind of that's the hard part and he's 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 one of the kids that I've mentioned before probably on the social side of it he's a bit of a loner and he sort of distances himself from the group a little bit and he doesn't mix like the rest of them just mess around and drive me nuts. But this, he's very serious. And I don't see him sort of playing with a real sense of joy. It's very, very, he's quite intense. And I don't know if that comes from, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But it's just trying to, you know, get that out of him. And I do try and talk to him and get two-way feedback going and all this sort of thing. But he's quite, you know, he's quite hard to to sort of read and get what he's feeding out of him. So it's a real, it's quite, it's a good challenge and it's kind of, that's why I'm going to try him in defence a bit and just see if that decision-making improves because I think it has to when you're in a different position and obviously Mm. there's more risk played in that position in terms of losing the ball and maybe giving a goal away. So it may, the parents might be going, what's he playing in there for? But it's part of the learning, isn't it? Yeah. um, You know, it'd be... (laughs) And and I honestly haven't done this with the girls, but you know, if you've got someone like that who who plays and they they look like they're just not enjoying it, it'd be an interesting conversation. You know, what is it you enjoy about the game? Just out of interest, what? Yeah, you know, ask the kid. Suggestion. It's a good so, suggestion. Yeah, so so they might, you know, and and. Uh, have you got anybody like that in the girls? Or are they all? Is there anybody a bit more not isolated, but they're a bit shy or a bit out there more than the rest of the group? I think they they're all like I say they're all like quite. I, I want to say boisterous. <laughs> You know, before the yeah, game, what, all chatty and yeah. you know talking away, and then when the game starts, they they don't seem to enjoy it that much. You know, I don't <laughs> I see them playing with though. smiles on their faces. You know, Paul, you know the head coach, he's always saying, "I want to see smiles on faces." I'm not sure I've seen it once, but you know they do enjoy it, but they enjoy it more kind of in the build up and then after. You know, it's like serious fun when when we're in a match yeah. situation. So, you know, and so, so one of the girls did say, and I can't remember if I said this here in the past, but one of them, so Paul, he's always saying, I want to see smiles on faces. And one of the girls, like he must have said this a hundred times, and one of the girls eventually turned around to him and said, I've tried it. But when I'm smiling, I forget about playing. (laughs) (laughs) And I nearly fell over. Oh, I love that. I love that. 
but that's that's what I said before about the speaking. I think I think some yeah. of them have to think about speaking. They can't cope with playing as well. It's really yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've said to you before. I, it's not a new analogy, but I've said to you before about it's like driving a car, isn't it? You know, when you first try and drive a car you're thinking yeah, you about can. putting the clutch in changing the gear you know you've got to check your mirrors you've got to look at what speed you're doing and it's yeah. it's all just overwhelming and someone's saying to you oh, you know you've got to control you know the ball with your feet and whatever and you've got to talk to people and it's just all a bit too much yeah. so it's funny isn't it what you said there because that's exactly what the boys are like literally to two seconds before kickoff they're just doing my head in just not listening and messing about and it's kind of like i used to be a nervous wreck before i played whatever age i'd be so nervous for a game but they just no they don't seem to be remotely nervous which is a good thing so i don't want them sitting there fretting and being quiet and worrying and stuff but it's just funny as soon as the game starts they sort of get this game head on and they're so focused it's it's unbelievable it's like flicking a switch it's really, really funny. That yeah, That's yeah. exactly what they do. I'll be interested to see as they get older if that. Obviously, I think that'll that'll stop to a certain point as they get more mature. But yeah, it's kind of it's quite a nice thing in a way, even though it does drive me crazy. But I think it's I think it is possibly an age thing, you know. So I'm I'm trying to think when when I play like six side football, you know, we still do the same. You know, the, you're all just chatting away mm. before the game. Obviously, in the game, I think we talk probably more than the kids. Yeah. You know, but that's because we're all grumpy old blokes, so we're all grumpy with each other. So you know, you, you don't you don't fret about hurting anyone's feelings anymore. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm I'm sure that'll come. Yeah. And it's just that constant sort of reinforcement of you need to talk on the pitch. You need to let people know when you're open. You need to, you know, communicate where you are on the pitch and where you want the ball as well. Yeah. I suppose building on that relaxed thing, I I think they play better when they're like that and they're not. I've noticed when we've had tough games, um, it's really important to me that I, I don't necessarily have to lift spirits, but I've, there's been, you know, I think like that 6-3 the other week, you could tell they were all a bit shell-shocked because we've not really had any proper beatings yeah, since we started, yeah. other than when we've played teams from three or four divisions above us and we've kind of expected to lose. But that's the, probably the first time we played a team close to us league-wise that gave us a bit of a hiding. And you could tell they were a bit shell-shocked after. And I sort of that that helped focus my mindset on trying to lighten up a bit. Not that I'm really, I don't put pressure on them or anything, but it's really important to me, especially in training, that it's really good fun. Because I yeah. don't want it, I don't want it to be really serious. And I always make sure in training that we do, I, can, I introduce a little bit of competitiveness because I think the players, the boys are really, they really, that really focuses their minds. If you're doing, activities that are, are fun but you you, have, you almost have, you pit two teams against each other maybe and you can really see them really focus it's really good um i've noticed that a lot more if you do competitive like say a relay race with a football say and they all of a sudden you get them real it's a totally different mindset from them when they have that little bit of competition i've really noticed that um but also there's got to be it's got to be a laugh so if like a player misses an open goal you know 
I'll really wind him up and all the other players will laugh and join in and stuff and he'll have a smile on his face. And it's little things like that that make it really relaxed or I'll deliberately make a really controversial refereeing decision when we're playing a match just for a bit of fun and all the players go mad. But we have a bit of a laugh with it as well. Like if, if somebody doesn't shout man on, I'll give a penalty to the team because they haven't shouted man on. <laughs> and it's like, they're like, what? What are you doing love us? And we didn't shout man on. <laughs> oh, no, come on. It's like, yeah, and I'm, I'm the ref. What I say is fine. You carry on. I'll give you a yellow card. All that, you know, all that sort of stuff. I've and told you before, work. haven't I? I, I? When I was trying to introduce the scenarios into, you know, the matches, and I, 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 I don't know. The girls argue more than boys. Probably not. No, I guess it's probably the same. Yeah, it's a real, real, especially for playing a match and like one team's 4 0 up. And then I'll join in for a couple of minutes and help the team that are 4 0 down. And I'll, <laughs> I'll waltz past five players and score a goal. I'll go, there you go, 4 1, you're back in the game. Like, <laughs> you're oh, a competitive you dad. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do sometimes throw a little competitive dad moment in there. And of course, everyone. And it's funny because we get. Quite a few of the parents watch training and I, I sort of I play up to that a little bit and they start laughing and stuff and that that makes the players laugh, which is also a little thing <laughs> yeah. that I try and do because if the parents are having a bit of fun with it as well, the players sort of feed off that, I've noticed. So just all these little things to keep it really lighthearted, which is really important. Um and there is a lot of serious stuff, but yeah, you learn little tricks, I suppose, because when I'm trying to do really serious practices and stuff that's when they just start losing focus so you are trying if i can have a little competitive element to it because that's that that does tend to work so um yeah you learn as you go along so yeah tomorrow we're having all our official photos done that go on the website and you basically turn up whenever you want to do them so i've said said to everybody right tomorrow we're just gonna have a fun session obviously Mm -hmm. session every session is fun obviously um so I said, look, just come down. I said, go and get your photos done so you don't have to wait around at the end after training when there's going to be a stampede. And I said, just as soon as the boys come on the pitch, I'll know they've had their photo done. And I said, I'm just going to do loads of fun, sort of competitive, fun game-based stuff. And I'll probably have a little, I'll have two teams throughout the whole session and I'll give points to each team for doing something in the activity. So I'll just have that little competitive thing, but it's going to be lighthearted, so... It'll be, it should be good fun tomorrow, but I won't do that every week like that. But it will just sort of relax them before Sunday. And it's almost sort of team bonding, isn't it, as well? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Time. Yeah. No, that sounds good. That sounds good. So, um, what's, your, what's, what's it like with the girls when you do training? Do you do so do you have to have that competitive element as well or do they just are they quite focused when you do the practices definitely not focused <laughs> i thought you might say so that. so the focus has to be so uh, right so i think i've mentioned this in the past but but i'll recap so when i started out i think i was trying i was trying to do coaching like i'd been coached which was repetitive drills to try and build up that technical ability. And it was really kind of, well, one, I was already seeing that, well, yeah, it's it's not that fun to deliver the sessions. It's not that fun for the girls, but it's necessary, you know, so, so this is what you do. And then actually just, you know, talking to other coaches, 
doing the level one, things like that, you sort of see, well, actually, no, it, it doesn't have to be that way. And I think the, the repetitive drill stuff is more, that's practice that people should be doing on their own at home. And so I tried to make the coaching plans all based around fun and, you know, with a purpose. But if I don't turn up with a coaching plan that is well thought out and starting off with an arrival activity going into, you know, and I've got all my cones or, you know, the goals set up, and I know exactly what I'm going into next. Mm. It soon descends into chaos. Yeah. It, and so it's controlled fun. You know, mm. it, it. I want them to have fun, but it's within a framework. And it yeah. sounds very calculating and cold and clinical, but it's not. I mean, I, I've, I've done it a few times where I've turned up. I've not had the time or, well, that, that's an excuse, quite honestly. I've not prioritized the time to turn up with a well-thought-out coaching plan. And it does. Every time, A goes to B. 100% accuracy uh, or reproducibility, it will descend into chaos. And, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, it ends up not being fun yeah. because you haven't thought about that framework to make the coaching session fun. Yeah. Absolutely right. I don't know what the girls do, but I mean, my that's why it's so important to have that because, you know, as soon as there's a two second lull in anything at our training, literally every every boy will go and get a football and they'll start smashing balls at the goals. <laughs> and bearing in mind, we've got six, te- six groups training on our pitch. We've got a third of the pitch each. Sorry, six of the pitch each. Um, I've lost so many footballs. It's madness. I've, all, I've inherited a few. I came back from training last week with two extra footballs. I kept booting them <laughs> off to other parts of the ground because I thought it was other people's, and they kept booting them back. So I was like, well, I'll take, I'll take those home then. <laughs> so I've got all the, I've got the extra footballs. But the, the, the one thing I find myself shouting more than anything else is, balls in the goal. Put all the balls in the goal. Because <laughs> like, there's footballs smashing around your heads. It's like, Elijah smashed a football full in my face last year, like literally he smashed this ball so hard and it hit me, squ- I don't know how it didn't break my nose. And I'm not joking, it, it really dazed me. And, then we, and one of the dads was like, my God, I thought he'd, he'd knock you out. So I this, I and you ball. think that was an accident. The hell of a shock. So he's like 20 yards away. Um, I've got a rule. It's like whenever I'm talking or we stop the practice against the next one, I said, I don't want to see anybody with a ball. Every ball has got to be in the goal. Yeah. And to the point, I don't even let them take some balls out. I'm like, well, I really one ball for this practice or two balls. That's all I want to see on the pitch. I don't want to see any other balls. So that's that, so you're right, and that comes from being planned, being prepared. Because yeah, the issue I have is I don't get to train until pretty much dead on the start time. So it's very difficult when you've got 13 boys chomping at the bit to get on the pitch because they can't go on the pitch till I'm there. Yeah, and of course, as soon as I set foot on the pitch, it's mayhem. Yeah, um, yeah. So if I've got that time to set up beforehand, it makes such a difference. It's so important. So, I mean, it, it's not, um, 
With the girls, it's not so much about booting balls around, you know, having them flying off all over the place, but That's just a, breaking it's a off. boys thing. It really is a boys yeah, thing. Just breaking off into, you know, groups of two and three, chasing each other around, just, or just nattering, talking away, you know. So, no, it, it has to be controlled. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, Ben, I think. We've had our natter. We've had our chat about random stuff. It has been random. It's been good. If someone wanted to get in contact with us, how would they get in contact with us? Well, we're on Twitter at Groots Coachcast, and uh, you can also drop us an email at grassrootscoachcast at gmail dot com. Trayvon, Trayvon, and have you got any plugs for us? Um, yeah, we've got the chat footy podcast. Um, which is essentially Dave mostly and myself when I can find the time um, being very pro Liverpool, and very anti Man United and <laughs> having a bit of a, I suppose it's a bit of a podcast war with our good friend, Chris Phelps, who's a Man United fan. So obviously these are difficult days for me and Dave to have to produce these podcasts uh, winding Man United up, but it's, it's a cross <laughs> we have to bear. Um, so if you're interested in that, um, we are, we have got a Twitter page uh, at ChatFooty. And I don't know the rest of it. <laughs> no, that's it. I, I think that's, that's that's absolutely fine. So, And again, that's that's just a bit of fun, that one. And that, that is focused more on Liverpool and Man United. And it's just a bit of banter between, uh, you know, some Liverpool fans and, and Man United fans. And uh, right now, as Liverpool fans, we're kind of loving it. I think... <laughs> I think Chris doesn't really censor himself when he's doing his either, does he? So, no. So, so if you like industrial language, it's always good fun. Yeah, the, those ones are usually tagged as explicit. So, uh, just be warned if you go and, and listen to those. I will give a plug to our Comics in Motion podcast. So, that's where myself and Chris, we talk about comic based media. Any films or TV shows or games, although we're approaching episode 50 and we haven't done a single game yet but i still use that as a tagline <laughs> we will have to do at some point um but basically yeah and we just have a again a bit of a laugh around that so um that's all good fun so ben it's been emotional as it usual is, especially for you after the couple of drops of wine you've had yeah the uh the the glass of red wine with the meal it's always enjoyable. And actually, Ben, so England are playing the US, aren't they? So they are. Back a couple of episodes ago, in episode 24, we spoke to Sean Afkamenia from the Footy Factory. And he was telling us some of the, you know, challenges and some of the inherent problems they have within the US game and how it was all kind of fragmented and certainly how expensive it was to, to get involved at the grassroots level. And so with all of that insight that he gave us, I'm fully expecting for the US to trounce all over England. <laughs> <laughs> but it will be really yeah. interesting. You know how that uh, how that goes. I'll probably give it a view after after the um, after training tomorrow. Our goalkeeper's going to that. A bit training's going to watch the game, so he'll be able to see Rooney get his last cap. Oh, don't get me started on that. That's no, not. You've probably got the same view on that. Anyway, that's a, that's for another day. Okay, Ben. Well, I shall speak to you next week. Cheers, mate. See you now.